Here we go. Welcome, sports fans, to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am so happy to be here on this Friday. I love Fridays. This is going to be my special high school basketball show. We have got a great show for you. You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 F in the key out of Noonan. Brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. And on the show today, I've got WRBL sports anchor Tyler Redman making his first appearance on the Sports Beat. Hopefully many more. I got to know Tyler as he was filming for WRBL at a Columbus Rapids game. And he works very well with Jack Patterson. And they have created quite a tandem in the Fountain City And I cannot wait to get Tyler on the show just to get a brief introduction on who Tyler Redman is as a broadcaster. Like I said, this is the high school basketball show. I will break down the top 10 basketball teams in the Fountain City, starting with East Alabama and then starting with West Georgia. As usually on Friday nights, I would do my high school football show. Now that high school football is over, I still want to try to get some guests on. I still want to try to get some high school football coaches in the offseason because we still have spring games. But we are in the middle of high school basketball season in the Fountain City. We have already started region games. I mean, we're about a month away from the playoffs. I mean, this is incredible. But here are some things I just want to get out of the way before I get into the show. Uh, so the general manager for the Columbus Rapids, Warren Fundavestazen, reached out to me and wanted to just let everybody know that right now he is at a soccer convention in Philadelphia. And uh, this is a big deal. It is taking place from January 11th to January 15th. So it's going on right now. It is the United Soccer Coaches, approximately 50,000 soccer coaches all across the globe are meeting in Philadelphia. And I just wanted to get that out there. I just wanted to let everybody know that this is the largest soccer coaching convention in the world. And that he is there just to network and to get the Columbus Rapids brand name out there. And and so good luck. Safe travels. I know that the weather was not friendly yesterday. I mean, we had our tornado touchdown on LaGrange. Just prayers going out to all the people in LaGrange with the damages that I saw. And oddly enough, I work in LaGrange, but I left early and went down to Columbus. But we've had tornadoes over in East Alabama, including Eufaula. And so just be safe out there. Hopefully the damage was not too bad and these families can recover from this. But it is Friday, and I do want to get into some high school basketball. Let's go ahead and start with the number one team in the state of East Alabama. Well, it's always important. When you start with the number one team, You always want to go with the undefeated team. And so the Valley Rams are 18-0, and they're 2-0 in their region. You know, I think that they made a smart move going from 6A to 5A. I mean, Valley was good last year, but Valley is having a historic season. They're taking on Booker T. Washington tonight. It is a non-region game, but they were able to get the victory over Beauregard 77-35 on Tuesday in region play. 
and the Valley Rams. They are looking great so far, and so congratulations to them. The number two team in East Alabama, another team that is really rolling is the Auburn Tigers. Auburn right now is 17-2 overall, 2-0 in 7A, Area 4. Remember, there's only four teams in this region, but the Auburn Tigers are taking on the Opelika Bulldogs tonight after getting the big win over Smith Station at home on Tuesday, 72-64. And they've got a very good schedule coming up, including taking on Central. Number three is Lee Scott Academy. 17-1 overall, 4-0 in the AISA, AAA Region 1. Lee Scott Academy was supposed to play Glenwood last night, but that game was postponed to today because of the inclement weather. You know, Lee Scott Academy's only loss was to St. Ampicelli in the Border Wars. Myself and Thrift Barringer were on the call a couple of weeks ago, and I noticed that Lee Scott Academy was a fundamentally sound basketball team, but they were just running into a team that just likes to run up and down the floor. So Lee Scott Academy, 17-1. and And then the team that's ranked number four on this list is the team that they're playing tonight, the Glenwood Gators. Head coach Dusty Purdue has got a great team. You know, he coaches the women's team as well. But Glenwood is 14-5, and 4-1 in the AISA, AAA Region 1. The Glenwood Gators, they have such a great team. And after getting the win on Tuesday against Fort Dale Academy, 60-37, they take on Lee Scott Academy tonight. So they come in at number 4. Number 5, the Central Red Devils, 13-7 overall. One and one in region play. You know, Central has had some great wins, including over Spencer, the defending state champions for 4A in the state of Georgia. They beat them right after Christmas, 64 to 49. They did lose to Auburn, 56 to 55, but they got the win, couple of wins over Russell County and Opelika on Tuesday night. Their next game is going to be a home game, a non-region game against Hewitt Trustful. And Hewitt Trustful is one of the top teams in the state of Alabama. Number six, it's the Russell County Warriors. Russell County is 10-8 and eight on the season. After losing to Park Crossing 70-61 on Tuesday night, they are taking on Pike Road. This Saturday afternoon in Seal, Alabama, this is a very big area game for 6A, Area 4. Number 7, the Smith Station Panthers. Now you think that they're having a down year because they are 6-10, and 10, but their record does not reflect the type of team that Smith Station is capable of being. A team that went to the playoffs and made it to the third round last year. They're only 0-1 in their region. But Smith Station has played a lot of tough teams. They played Auburn close on Tuesday. They're taking on Opelika on the 20th of January. So they have a very long break. Still have a couple of region games to try to get into the tournament. The Smith Station Panthers, I've got them at number seven. Number eight, the Eufaula Tigers. Eufaula 
one of the top teams in 6A last year. I actually saw them in person taking on Russell County just about a year ago. And one thing about Eufaula, they are tough. They have some athletes, and they know how to play. But they have quite a down season, 7-8. and eight. I mean, their record has not really been all that impressive, but they're 1-1 one one in 5A. And going down to 5A is really going to help Eufaula actually compete. And they've played a lot of tough teams. Got a big game tonight against the Dothan Wolves. Dothan is one of the top teams in the state of Alabama. I know Philip Jordan covers Dothan Athletics. He has been a guest on the show. Dothan 16-3. They are taking on the Eufaula Tigers. And Eufaula has some non-region games that they're going to wrap up the season. And we should see how they do. Number nine, the Lafayette Panthers 12-4 on the season and 2-0 in region play. I know they've got a great record, and I know that a lot of these teams that I put above them can beat them, but they've played a tough schedule. Got a big game this Friday against Horseshoe Bend, and they take on Opelika. Lafayette will start playing some teams, including Valley and Opelika, that will get them battle-tested, and I think Lafayette is going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be above some of the other teams that I have here in the rankings. Okay, wrapping up all the teams in East Alabama. Number 10, I'm going to go ahead and just say Springwood because Springwood, you know, they don't have an 11-man football team. And so Springwood School out of Lynette, I mean, they play in the AISA. I'm very impressed with the way that Springwood plays basketball. I really wish that I could have saw them in the Border Wars. But they're 9-8 overall, 2-2 two and two in the region. They're in the same region with Lee Scott Academy and Glenwood. They're battle-tested. That is my top 10. If you disagree, just give me a comment in my Facebook page or Twitter feed because, you know, I could always change this up. I could have put Lafayette a little bit higher, but I, I just think that the body of work, I think that Smith Station, you know is you know Smith Station's good. You know that Russell County is good. Lafayette, yeah, they could have been up higher. Eufaula had a great season last year, so I'm basically using this rankings and going off of what they did last year as well. I don't see like their record and say, oh, well, they're a team that's rebuilding. Let's go over to West Georgia. There's no doubt in my mind that the best team in West Georgia is the Spencer Green Wave. Spencer having a great season. The defending state champions for 4A have now gone to 2A, they are 11-4 overall, 4-0 in region play. They're taking on Northeast tonight. They did get the win over Southwest on Tuesday, 66-56. I saw Spencer in person. They have got an NBA-ready player. His frame, his, he's got a 7-foot frame. He's 6'7", Tyson McDaniels, and he is definitely going to get a college scholarship. And I think that Tyson McDaniels could play in the NBA. He is got an NBA body, and I was able to see Spencer do well in the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. They did lose to Northside on a buzzer beater, but still, Spencer, because they play in 2A, I think that they're going to make a deep run in the state playoffs and could possibly win another championship, this time in 2A. All right, number two, the Northside Patriots. Now, this is the team that beat Spencer in the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. Northside is 10-2 and overall. 2-0 in the region. 
Oh, and their body of work is just incredible. They take on Union Grove this Saturday. They did defeat Northgate on Tuesday, 77-56. to And I see a lot of Tuesday night games in high school basketball. This is one of the reasons why I could not be a PA announcer for high school basketball because they play a lot of Tuesday night games. And I do the live show at Ivy Park for the Columbus Rapids. So, yes, I have got the Northside Patriots at number two. Number three, it is the St. Ampicelli Vikings. You know, St. Ampicelli, I actually got to witness them in the Border Wars, beating Lee Scott Academy. I got to help Thrift Barringer call the game against Hapeville Charter. St. Ampicelli's 10-3 overall, 1-0 in region. And head coach Corey Black is not afraid to play anybody. This past Saturday, they took on Sandy Creek, one of the top teams in 3A. And it was a close game, but they did lose 71-56. to They defeated Heard County on Tuesday, 75-50. to And they got a big non-region game against the Kings Ridge Christian. That's a team with an 11-4 record, and that's going to be a great matchup for the St. Ampicelli Vikings. Number four, the LaGrange Grangers, 11-3 overall. 2-1 in region play. LaGrange has got a big game coming up against Stars Mill this Friday. They did lose to Fayette County 70-52, but they were able to beat Whitewater. You know, they're getting into their region, and you thought this region was tough in football. It's pretty tough in basketball as well. LaGrange off to a hot start. They do not play Troop County until Tuesday. You know, one of those games I would love to just fill in as the public address announcer, but I've got my duties with the Columbus Rapids. But Friday, February the 10th, they're taking on Troop County on the campus of Troop County. Definitely looking forward to that game. And I think that LaGrange is going to have a deep run in the playoffs. Number five, Chatco. The Panthers are 12-3 and overall, 5-2 and in their region. You know, they're not afraid to play anybody. They beat Brookstone. They beat Shaw. They did lose to Northside by 10. But Chaco, one of those teams that just plays about anybody. They got a huge region game this Saturday against Macon County. But they did get the victory over Shaw on Tuesday, 45-43. to And Chaco, having a great season so far. And right behind him at number six is the Manchester Blue Devils, also having a great season at the D2 level for single A. Manchester is 12-2 overall and 2-1 in region play. I want to see when Chaco plays Manchester. We're looking at this as they take on Lamar County this Friday. They did beat Schley County, and I don't see them playing Chaco. That's one of those matchups where you... Really hope that these two smaller schools get to play each other. Number seven, the Columbus Blue Devils, 10-7 overall, 1-1 in region play. I had the privilege to see Columbus in the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. They defeated Shaw 47-44, and they have played some teams tough, beating Carver, a big region matchup, last Friday. But they did lose to Doherty. They take on Thomasville in a region game tonight. Number eight, the Brookstone Cougars. 
Nine and seven overall, one and zero in region play. Mark on your calendars. They still got to play St. Ampicelli. Not necessarily called the battle for the Brucelli jug, but they play St. Ampicelli on Tuesday, January the 24th at home. And you know the Thrift Barringer is going to be calling that game. It's going to be a home game for Brookstone. That is the biggest rivalry in the private sector in the Fountain City. And it's a big rivalry for basketball as well. Brookstone no love lost between these two schools. Brookstone wants to show that they can compete with St. Ampicelli. Number nine is going to be the Hardaway Hawks. Eight and ten overall, 0 and two in region play. Once they started getting into the region play, you know, losing a Westover 64 to 54, the Hardaway Hawks have a big game, a region game tonight in their home gymnasium taking on the Shaw Raiders. So good luck to the Hardaway Hawks. And then number 10, I want to put this team in my rankings because I want to give a lot of love to Greenville. The Greenville basketball team, the Patriots, 7-4 and four overall, 1-1 one and one in region play. I had a chance to meet the coach in the summertime. And the reason why Greenville has a reputation for being a good basketball school is because that's where Contavious Caldwell Pope went to school. So a big shout-out to the Greenville Patriots, and best of luck this season. Looking at their schedule, they take on Webster County. Tonight, they did defeat Schley County in a non-region game, and they defeated Manchester. So they have rattled off some good wins after losing three straight in the month of December where they lost to Chatgo macon County. There's not a big deal there. I mean, those are two talented teams, and they did lose to Shaw as well but you also got to remember that Shaw is a 4A school so Greenville they make my top 10 and that is my top 10 list for East Alabama and West Georgia so stay tuned every Friday I'm going to reveal my top 10 schools in high school basketball for East Alabama and West Georgia now the question what about the girls basketball team I promise you, I will get into the girls' basketball team as well. The Carver girls are having a great season. The St. Ampicelli Lady Vikings having a great season. I promise you, when I have more shows and we get closer to the playoffs, then I'm going to cover the girls' basketball teams as well. But when you're doing all this research and I'm pulling all this stats on max preps, you know, I had the privilege to see the girls' basketball teams at the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament and the Border Wars, so I want to make sure to give them a lot of love. And then the question comes up, is Southland Academy part of the Chattahoochee Valley? They're just outside in Americas. Should I include Southland Academy in my rankings? And if there's a fine line in the Chattahoochee Valley, I had to include Eufaula for the football rankings. So Eufaula is part of the Chattahoochee Valley. But then the question, what about Dadeville? What about Alexander City? What about Wadawi? All right, are we going to include teams from Montgomery now? I mean, come on. It's the Chattahoochee Valley. You know where the line is. I think Americus is just on the outskirts of the Chattahoochee Valley. All right, that was my high school basketball show. Stay tuned. We're going to have Tyler Redman on the show from WRBL. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss it. I'll be right back with Tyler Redman after this short commercial break. We are back on the show, and I've got a very special guest. Making his debut on the sports beat is WRBL sports anchor Tyler Redman. Tyler, 
welcome for the first time here on the show. No, man, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been wanting to get you on. I've had Jack Patterson on. I've had Rex Castillo. And you are the brand new sports anchor. Well, you've been doing it for a while now, for a couple months now. Well, I've I've been hired at WRBL for I guess like you said since about October I want to say, uh, before that I had done some on air uh you know, on air talent uh just fill in type things at other stations here in town and uh got kind of got my start there but yeah full time three or four months in. All right, so where did you get your start? Because I know a little bit about you, Tyler. You went to Hardaway High School. You actually interned at the press box with Bobby Z. I've actually had Bobby Z on my show. He talked about how you, Thrift Berenger, Josh Pate, Buckets, I mean, they all started at the press box with Bobby Z, and now you're a part. You're just a part of this talented group to come out of the Fountain City. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bobby Z is definitely where I would consider my start. You know, uh, in- intern is a strong word. I was kind of just there a lot of times. And, and I mean that in a good way. I-, I got to see how Bobby worked. I got to see how radio worked. I mean, I was a 16 year old kid. The fact that I was on the radio occasionally was a, a big thing. Uh, and, and, you know, to-, to be able to put my voice out there at such a young age and to get that exposure, I was nervous. You know, I mean, I'll tell you that straight up. You know, I I don't really get that way anymore. But early on, I mean, anybody's going to be nervous. But, you know, Bobby Z sat me down one day. It's like, hey, you know, if you're going to do this, let's let's hear what you got. And I I think what I learned was no matter what your thought is, no matter what your opinion on something is, no no matter what it is, share it because somebody's going to agree with it out there. And there's going to be somebody that doesn't agree with it. But if you don't share it, you'll never know. And that's the biggest lesson I think I learned with Bobby Z. And I, I, I think I also learned that I knew more than I thought I did. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets in and you want to be a sports broadcaster, but you see all these guys in the field, Josh Pate, for example, who I worked under for a long time, who knows just everything. Like it, it's an, ins- he has an insane recollection of, from everything from college football to major league baseball to pro wrestling. I mean, he has just a library in his head and I don't really have that, but what I do have is a, I I have a perspective and that's what I really learned with Bobby Z, but that's where I got my start, you know, following Bobby Z to, you know, whether it be the radio station, the sports visions luncheon uh, that that's where I got my start. And I I got to do some things there that, you know, I, it, it was pretty cool because the way my school did it, the way Hardaway did it, I was in the IB program and we all had to have an internship of some kind. And some people were doing uh, Paul's Humane. Some people were doing, you know, whether if they were in the nursing field, they did that. I mean, it was there was a lot of different ways you could go. And I really wanted to do something that would benefit me. And I knew I wanted to go into sports broadcasting in some form or fashion. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I. You know, I reached out to Bobby Z on Facebook of all places, and he said, hey, you know what? If you want to do it, we'll give you a shot. So uh, credit to him. You know, you, you mentioned some names that have come out of there. I'm I'm proud to be one. Uh, you know, he he's still somebody who I try to keep in contact with. I called him when I got hired at WRBL. You know, he's just a phenomenal person and a great teacher. And after your time at the press box with Bobby Z, where did your broadcasting career take you next 
So after Bobby Z, uh, Bobby left and went back home to Milwaukee sometime in my senior year. I finished my internship then, and I was kind of left in the dark for a while. Uh, I got kind of handed off to Josh Pate in a way because, of course, their connection. And uh, anyway, Josh was working at WLTZ at the time, and he was doing some version of what is late kick now, uh, but it wasn't really called that. It was uh, Football Nightly Down South. He did that alongside Jonathan Rivers, and the way it went down was I just started going and occasionally when I could and, you know, when I found the time to do it. And that became, you know, there's a job opening. And it, funny enough, I was on the D Armstrong show as a guest. And she, of course, also worked at WLTZ at the time. And the, D, D asked me, what do you want to do, you know, when you get older? And I told her I wanted to work in TV, of all things. And that led to getting a production job and, you know, it, it kind of just went from there. I, I worked at WLTZ for, I guess, about three years and then uh, moved to TVM for a couple of years. And now I find myself as a sports broadcaster. So it's uh, it's been a fun ride for sure. Absolutely. And I have had the chance to know your broadcast partner, Jack Patterson, for about a year now, as he's been covering the Rapids and the Lions and high school football and Jack and Rex Castillo. So here's how the story happens. You get hired at WRBL because Rex Castillo takes a, an opportunity of a lifetime. He is now the news anchor. Yeah, I mean, you think Rex Castillo, a, a sports guy, he's doing news, but he's doing a fantastic job. I look forward to waking up at 5 in the morning and seeing Rex Castillo do the news, and that's a huge opportunity for him, which leaves the door. Jack Patterson becomes the sports director at WRBL, and you get hired as the sports anchor, taking Jack's old position and I, I tell you what, you and Jack have really built a lot of chemistry so far. That chemistry that Rex and Jack had. And I'm telling you, you two have just done a phenomenal job. And I can't wait to see what your broadcasting career takes you to next. But uh, tell us about that experience working with Jack Patterson since you've been hired at WRBL. Sure. So let's 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 throw it back for a second. I've known Jack and Rex since I started at LTZ. I mean, I saw them on the trail of high school football. I saw them at college football games, you know, and they have always supported me. I mean, I'm sitting on my YouTube set right now. Uh, you know, that's a whole nother topic we can talk about in a second, but they subscribed to me since I started and that you, you will not meet two better people. Now going, saying that, uh, Rex posts on Facebook, I guess, three or four, maybe five months ago that he got the job uh, and, and essentially got promoted to being morning news anchor. So I call him and, uh, you know, he's a friend of mine, so it's not too abnormal for me to call him. But uh, he, he answers and he goes, hey, man, what's up? And I said, first off, congratulations. Uh, secondly, are you hiring? And uh, he, he said, yeah, and he, he sent me the link, actually, uh, to, to the job that was posted. So. Uh, they, they've always been big supporters of me. Jack Patterson is one of the friendliest people you will ever meet. If you see him in public, do not be afraid to say hello. I promise he, he is just one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And he they have both made it insanely easy for me to make that transition because it, a lot of times in this field, you know certain things, but it looks different when you move to a new place, if that makes sense. Systems don't operate quite the same way, things like that. And Jack has done great at, at making sure that I'm prepared 
And I'll tell you this, the first show I did at WRBL, Jack was gone. It was all me. It was a Saturday. I was still brand new. And Rex actually happened to be anchoring that night, uh, news anchoring that night, which was a godsend because I was lost when it came to the actual putting the show together. So having him there was a phenomenal touch. And uh, they have both just been absolutely phenomenal since I've been there. All right, Tyler, you got to talk to me about your experience going to California with Jack Patterson, SoFi Stadium. You two are covering the national championship. I'm seeing pictures on social media. You guys are eating at In-N-Out Burger. I mean, I used to be from California, so I know all about In-N-Out Burger. It was. It had to have been a phenomenal experience. What was that experience like going to California, covering Georgia in the national championship? So I've never been that far away from home, uh, to tell you the truth. As far west as I've been is either Texas or Colorado. So I've only been halfway across country, never completely on the West Coast. Uh, that being said, it was a great experience. And it starts really at the Peach Bowl. You know, we go to the Peach Bowl and Georgia gets behind and, you know, it's no secret that Jack Patterson's a Georgia fan. So I, I'm kind of sitting there thinking that, oh, man, this stinks. You know, our because we knew if Georgia won, we were going. We, we knew prior to that game. And I was sitting there thinking, not only are we not going to California now, you know, I'm going to have to ride home for two hours with Jack, who's going to be upset about this game. So we're in the tunnel and we have a clear the game's all but over, but we have a clear view of the field goal. And uh, when that ball missed, I mean, Jack Patterson turned into a little kid. I mean, it was great. It was a just a phenomenal <laughs> moment. And uh, it was funny because, you know, media is, is is not really supposed to celebrate or do anything. We're just not. But the entire tunnel began high-fiving and celebrating because our trip to California just got reinstated. You know, I mean, that's essentially what we were celebrating. And it was a great moment. Now, Going forward, you know, the trip to California, we fly out, I think, Thursday, we get down there and look, it was a fun experience. Don't get me wrong, but we worked. I mean, we really put our heads down and worked for three or four days. It didn't feel like California for a lot of the time until we really got out and went to something like an In-N-Out Burger or uh, we went to Randy's Donuts. And, and eventually we got to go sightsee a little bit, but not much. I mean, I, and I hate to say that, but we were really working. So unless it was a trip from the stadium back to the hotel, we weren't seeing too much of L.A. I mean, we were seeing the inside of the hotel a lot of the time. That being said, uh, I, I think we really put out good content. I'm proud of it. SoFi Stadium is insane. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, we we worked. And uh, credit to Jack, you know, Jack and Rex, too, to, to, to highlight them again. Some of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. There's a picture I got I wish I could show you. Uh, we're we're at the stadium on game day, pregame. We're doing our special. And we have one computer, so I can't really help Jack. Jack's just sort of attacking it, if that makes sense. And uh, he is sitting, the picture, he is sitting on a camera case, typing away. Ten feet to his left is Nick Saban talking to Reese Davis. Okay? And he has completely clocked the crowd out ignore it i mean just he is so focused and, and that's who jack is uh but the game experience was i mean just a phenomenal experience to be able to be there you know i mean you're looking at i mean i'm wearing the jacket from the game 
you know, to, to be able to be there was special to be able to see, you know, I, I wish the game would have been a little closer, but to see a beat down like that, you know, shows you how good Georgia is. And, you know, I, I think that it says a lot about where they are as a team, but, you know, the, the game itself, just to be there, to be in SoFi Stadium, you know, to watch the practices, to watch the all the media day and you know, just everything like that, to be there and say that I've been there and been that close to history, I'll never forget. So, Tyler, so I got to ask you, you also have this fascinating love for the Atlanta Braves. In fact, you started a podcast or a YouTube channel dedicated to the Braves. Tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, it uh that that's really where I got my start. If you ask me, that's that's the reason I got hired. Uh a few years ago, I remember how do I put this? We we went, I, I'm a big autograph collector, if you can't tell. And uh we were we would go to different events like alumni day on that was always around my birthday. So we would always go and I began collecting, and then there was a there was an event in Atlanta. I saw it on Facebook. I was probably 17 right out of high school. And uh, Chief Nakahoma was doing an autograph signing. And, you know, I, I kind of knew who it was. You know, it's it's well before my time. Sorry about that. It's it's well before my time, but I, I kind of knew who it was. And my dad, I mean, met him at the teepee when he was little. So he he really knew who Chief was. So I go to my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, do you, you know, do you know who this is? He goes, yeah. He said, let's go. So all around this room, I have stuff signed by Chief. I mean, we, we've really grown to be friends, but it started there. And the way it happened is I got I met him. I got a picture with him. He let him sign something. And then we left and I, I we were in the car and I was like, man, I should have interviewed him. You know, I'm sure he's got great stories. I should have interviewed him. And I was really frustrated. So dad, who's one of my big one of my biggest supporters, also my biggest critic, but one of my biggest supporters you know, he's like, well, why don't you call the guy who was running the event and see if he can't get you in contact? So that's what happened. And it just so happened that Chief was doing an event a few weeks later uh, in Warm Springs, which is much closer than Helen, which is where he lives. Uh, so anyway, we went, I interviewed him and the way I didn't have any equipment at the time, I didn't have anything. I mean, I was brand new to the business. I had just started working as an audio operator at WLTZ. So I went to uh, the sports anchor at the time, Brooke, uh, Brooke Kirchhofer. And I said, Hey, look, you know, I'll let you interview this guy. You, you're more than welcome to interview him, but I just need you to record me interviewing him because I have nothing. Like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know anything. I need your help. And she was nice enough to do it. And uh, that kind of got it started. Uh, you know, that, that led to interviews with Phil Necro that led to interviews with Dansby Swanson when he was a rookie. It led to interviews with with, with a few folks. And, and then I began building. But the time that I started getting on air and actually talking about baseball, that was a few years later. That was when COVID hit, believe it or not, because, frankly, I had nothing else to do. So I had a studio that I was welcome to use at WLTZ. They let me use it with all their equipment. I knew how to work everything at the time. So I could just plug and play and stand up there and talk. So that happened. And I, I began putting my voice out there about different topics. And uh, I, I started realizing that people valued what I had to say. And I appreciated it, obviously, but I started putting more and more content out and it started to grow and grow and grow. And look, some, some things get a hundred views, some things get 64,000 views. You just never know. 
what what's what's going to pop off. And now it's sort of a collaboration with interviews I get to me just talking about topics and I sort of mesh them together. And if I get an interview, great. If I don't, okay, I'll talk about something else. But it's a, it's a great, uh, if you look at it, if you follow it season to season, it is a great timeline of how a fan would feel throughout the season. And I really try to be very straight up with you. I don't try to get clickbaity or, or anything like that. I really try to give you a good perspective on where the Braves are, where baseball is, and how I think the team can get better, how I think other teams can get better. I really try to break that down as opposed to just reacting when Dansby Swanson doesn't get re-signed to the Braves. I really try to give you the reasoning behind it and maybe help you understand it. So looking at the Braves in 2023, I really like some of the additions. I think Sean Murphy, a gold glove catcher, it's going to allow Travis Darno to move over to the designated hitter position. They still got a great team. I mean, they signed Austin Riley. They got Spencer Strider. They got Ronald Acuna Jr. They got a lot of great players. I think Alex Anthopoulos, the GM, knows what he's doing. I think that Dansby Swanson's asking price a little too much. A lot of fans sad that Dansby left, kind of like how we were sad that Freddie Freeman left the year before. But what are the Braves looking like for 2023 with all these teams in their division spending money, like the Phillies and the Mets? So it's it's funny. The Phillies and the Mets. The Phillies are the team that I think actually got better. I don't think the Mets got better, at least not yet, because I think if they had added Correa, it's a different story. But they essentially, they lost to Grom. They re-signed Nimmo, a couple other folks. But then they just went and got Verlander. So you you essentially replace one of the greatest pitchers of all time with another greatest pitcher of all time who's 38. And I mean that with all due respect to Verlander. I don't think they got better, though. Not not to a level that's insane. I also, with, with the Phillies, I think they got better. I You know, they added Trey Turner, uh, and, and they're spending money in, in, in you know, in the right places. Uh, that being said... The Braves are built to last, and neither of those two teams I just mentioned are built to last. Mets fans would probably disagree with me on that because they point to their farm system, and you know that that's fine and dandy. But the way Alex Anthopoulos has handled this team, the way the Braves have built themselves on a structural basis, when you have that many players locked in, it, it's an it, it's just a crazy thing that I, I I think it's crazy that other teams don't follow the model. I, I think it's insane. But that also comes with winning. It comes with showing results. And it comes with, you know, the patience. I mean, you look at what the Braves did back in 20, I don't know, 13, and they, they got rid of all of our favorite players, Kimbrell, the Uptons, uh, Evan Gaddis. I mean, anybody you can think of, they got rid of them. And we went through that five-year stretch of less than mediocrity, you know, and, and it was a really tough watch most of the time. Uh, and, and then come 2018, we're in the NLDS against the Dodgers and a guy named Ronald Acuna hits a grand slam, you know, and we're starting to see signs. 2019, we're seeing more of those signs. We have a good team put together that, that could go. 2020, I think we were better than the Dodgers had we had Mike Soroka not get hurt earlier in the year. I think we would have beat the Dodgers, uh, arguably. 2021, of course, we all know what happened. Uh, 2022, I think we had a great team. I think we got too behind too quickly and i don't see that happening in 2023 that 10 and a half game deficit put a 
obviously put a target on the Mets back, but it put the Braves at such a level that they had to fight out of a, a hole that they had to fight out of that. Obviously they were gassed come the postseason against the Phillies. So I think the Braves are still the best team in the NL East. I really do. And I, I'll stick by that. Now with the expanded postseason, anything can happen, but I will also tell you with the expanded postseason, the Braves are going to be in the postseason every year for the foreseeable future. I don't, I don't see how they can't be. Oh, I absolutely agree with you, Tyler. Okay, so now football season is wrapping up. You and Jack are going to be busy covering other sports. I know that February, March, before we get into baseball season, it's starting to become slow. We do have March Madness, but you cover Auburn gymnastics. You got a gold medal winner playing her final year at Auburn. You got Auburn basketball. Bruce Pearl has got a great basketball team. And how about the Alabama Crimson Tide, ranked fourth? I think the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team could get a number one seed and go to the final four. And what a turnaround that the Georgia Bulldogs basketball team doubling their wins from last year. I'm just a big fan of college basketball. I know we covered a lot in the Chattahoochee Valley, but what are some of the sporting events besides baseball that you are looking forward to covering in the next couple of months? So I got to be honest with you. Uh, I always look towards the big the big things. I think everybody has a habit of doing it. National championship was one. The one that me and Jack have been talking about ever, like since we got on the plane to come home was the Masters. So we're, we will be at the Masters. Uh, that being said, I, I'm obviously looking forward to March Madness. I was actually there last year with, with the Auburn Tigers uh, under another station, but with the Auburn Tigers, with Jabari Smith, uh, watching them uh, unfortunately lose in the Final Four. I was in South Carolina for that. So that's always a fun event. Uh, you know, we we have there's a day to day protocol where we cover things locally. Uh, the Rapids is one. The, the the Lions. I mean, there there are those days where we cover those, but the big events are are kind of what make us go. I mean, they're they're what we look forward to naturally. You know, I mean, who wouldn't look forward to going to the national championship or the Masters or you know anything quite like that? I mean, it it has been. Uh, you know, just I I love doing what we do because it's it's very rewarding. Uh, to 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 know that you can have something like that coming up, but yeah, the Masters is definitely something I'm looking forward to. I've always wanted to go. Uh, the March Madness and really just the regular season of college basketball. You know, I've never got to cover it really, so it, it's a new thing for me. Uh, to to be able to go and 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 watch this and and see it in person on on a regular occasion. Uh, Auburn basketball continues to be a force to be reckoned with under Bruce Pearl. I think, like you said, Alabama basketball has kind of shocked the world in a way, uh, now being ranked fourth. Georgia making the turnaround. Who knows where they could wind up this year and going into the future. So I, I think there's a there, there's many things that you can look forward to. But number one on my list, if I'm honest with you, is the Masters. That is great. And I did uh, catch the interview last year that Rex and Jack had with Larry Mize. I mean, he is – Columbus. When you think of golf in Columbus, you think of Larry Mize. He's done a great job with Columbus State Golf. And I uh, hope you guys have a great trip. All right, let's switch gears to you being a Hardaway graduate and your partner, Jack Patterson, is a Shaw graduate. Now with the reclassification in high school, they're now rivals. They'll have to play each other in a region contest. In fact, their basketball teams are playing each other this Friday night. But that rivalry just got a little bit more interesting, right? So it's funny because me and Jack are both hometown kids. You know, we, we know the city very well. 
Uh, Jack, of course, from Shaw. I'm from Hardaway. It's been a few years since we've both been in high school, but my brother is actually a senior at Hardaway right now. Uh, he was on the football team. He's graduating soon. So Hardaway is still very much in my family dynamic. Like we still talk about it a good bit. And, uh, you know, Hardaway, Coach Mills over at Hardaway, I love to death. Uh, he's, I mean, I had him for uh, PE. I had him for a multitude of things. He's also, of course, uh, the uh, director of sports director, I guess, over there uh, at Hardaway while I was there. So I, I know Coach Mills very well. I don't know the Shaw coach too terribly well. I'm still kind of getting to know people, getting my feet on the ground a little bit in terms of meeting folks. Uh, but yeah, that rivalry, I, I think any in-town rivalry is always going to be a big deal. For us, every year it was Columbus. You know, I mean, that Hardaway-Columbus rivalry, no matter how good one team was, how bad one team was, every year that was the game you had to go to. Uh, I, I look at, you know, uh, Hardaway versus Harris County. That was a big thing back in the day. So any of those games are big. Uh, I'm sure me and Jack will probably put a wager on, on the football game next year, maybe the basketball game this Friday night. Uh, but no, we're we're looking forward to covering everything. And, uh, you know, with the reclassifications, um, you know, it, it's only going to make it more interesting. And I am looking forward to seeing the prep zone next fall with you and Jack Patterson and some of the other projects, uh, the On Your Sidelines podcast might come back. And uh, you it and is. Jack Patterson. It, it is. It is. OK, I'm, we, we've been I, I talking about work. it. I we, just we, I didn't want to be the last guest on there. I kind of I'm I'm glad you're bringing it back because the first thing that came to mind was, "Whoa, did I did I do something wrong? Did I just kill the podcast?" So so no, we've we've been you know really kind of learning on the fly, Jack. You know, as much as I'm learning on how to do this, Jack is learning on how to manage this. So we've been really kind of busy, and you know, frankly, with college football and basketball, we've just been busy and. Jack actually brought that up the other day. You know, he's like, we got to do a podcast introducing you, much like we're doing it right now uh, for On Your Sidelines. So that is coming back at some point. Uh, I don't know when, but hopefully in the next month or so, we'll probably sit down and and really talk about, you know, ourselves and, you know, give the people something to listen to. Uh, but, you know, it is coming back, and I'm sure we'll continue to have guests on there. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Um, but we have been, I, I know I've said it a few times, but we have really been busy and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, it's been difficult to find the time here lately, but I'm sure as time goes on, it'll get a little easier. Tyler, I got to say, you have knocked this interview out of the park. I definitely want to have you come back on this show as I, I've been doing the show for about three years now, just covering all the local stuff in the Chattahoochee Valley. And I've had a lot of great guests, including your Broadcast partner, Jack Patterson, Thrift Behringer has been on, DJ Jones. I mean, it's really been a brotherhood of broadcasters who are just passionate about sports, that just want to get on the air and talk about sports any means necessary, whether it's a podcast or getting on the radio or getting on WRBL. So I really appreciate what you do, and just thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. No, man, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate the invite. All right. That was WRBL sports anchor Tyler Redman, who had took time out of his busy schedule to be here on the show. And just best of luck to the rest of the stuff that you plan on doing in 2023. Thank you, Richard. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And we will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody.